I am Derek M. Cook, the producer and host of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'd like to welcome you to episode number 12 of Monster Kid Radio. And I'm excited. I'm sitting here in the parking lot at the Joy Cinema here in Tigard, Oregon. I'm recording this Wednesday night. So this is actually being recorded the night before the episode goes out. I'm here for Weird Wednesday. And Weird Wednesday is a series that they do here at the Joy Cinema where they bring in a weird movie. I've seen movies like She Freak here. And tonight, I'm here for a showing of Ega, which should be a lot of fun. This was a Monster Kid Radio Crashes event. If you go over to our Facebook page, you'll see that we occasionally do what we call a Monster Kid Radio Crash, where we just show up at a local event, a movie that's showing that's relevant to what Monster Kid Radio does. I suppose if there's some other non-movie event that was relevant, that was in our wheelhouse, we could crash that too. But for the most part, it's been movies. We went to Creature from the Black Lagoon at the drive-in. I went to go see Invader from Venus. We're going to see King Kong here soon. And it's always a lot of fun just to kind of meet up with people and see these movies that are relevant to what we do here on Monster Kid Radio. I mentioned our Facebook group. We have both a Facebook group and a Facebook page. So I'd like to ask you to go ahead and go over there and join the group and like the page. And, you know, if you like the show, head over to iTunes and maybe leave a review for us if you download the show through iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher. And I don't know if Stitcher has a rating system or a place to leave comments. But if they do, we'd appreciate your support over there. I got two more reviews in the iTunes store. I really appreciate that. Although since I'm not sitting in front of my computer, I can't remember off the top of my head who left the reviews. But I really appreciate it. All the support that you guys have given me over the past month and a half has been amazing. I know this is a new show, completely different than what I was doing before, and I have to say, I feel like y'all have welcomed me with open arms and have really embraced what we're doing here on Monster Kid Radio. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate Scott Morris for joining me on this week's episodes to talk about Earth versus a Flying Saucer. Two days ago, in episode 11, we talked about the movie, we talked a little bit about his history with the movie, how he first saw it, that sort of thing. In this episode, you've got part two of our discussion of the film. We're going to talk a little bit about how the film influenced other movies that we saw and maybe see where some of the influences on Earth vs. the Flying Saucer came from. If you have any feedback for the show, you can email us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 503-479-5MKR. Again, big thanks to Scott for joining us to talk about Earth versus the Flying Saucers. We're going to have him on the show in the future to talk about some other movies, I'm sure. We'll get into that conversation right after this. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Downplace is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Hammer, that's vodka and orange juice. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes, and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website, 
www.1951downplace.com. Wait, that's a screwdriver. 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films discussion. So before we started recording, you mentioned some comparisons between this movie and another movie. And then I also wanted to talk about Mars Attacks as well. But we want to talk about the influence here. We want to talk about what this movie kind of gave birth to and and some of the influences that we see in later cinema. You mentioned War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. There's a lot of similarities between that film and this film. You've got the aliens landing and starting to take over their heat ray in War of the Worlds and their ray here pretty much does the same thing. You know, you see them shoot and the people just kind of disappear, which is similar to to that film. You've got the aliens themselves who in both cases are very frail aliens and that require that rely on their technology for strength. Because there's one scene in Earth versus the Flying Saucers where they actually capture one of the aliens and get his helmet off. And you, you see a very shriveled, tiny little alien when they're looking at his helmet. They find lots of amplification for the, for the seeing and for the hearing and everything, which tends to believe that the alien themselves had very poor hearing and very poor sight. The Martians in War of the Worlds, they're very frail as well and end up being taken out by a virus. Mm -hmm. There's similarities between the two films, I think. Which movie came first? Was War of the Worlds after this? Let's see. Earth vs. the Flying Saucers with 56. Now i got to look. It's an IMDb race, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, 53. Yeah. Uh, 2005. Wait a minute. No, that's the Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was 53, and this one was uh, 56. There, there's some similar themes in the two films. Sure, and even if you go out of the film, War of the Worlds was based on that radio drama, that radio presentation. So right. you can definitely see the influences there. I see a lot of drawing from Earth versus the Flying Saucers in Mars Attacks. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious, especially when the Martians go after some of the Washington landmarks, like the Washington Monument. Well, even the look of the flying saucers in both the films is very, very similar. And the way that their ray gun comes out of the bottom of both ships is the same design. Exactly. And Harry Hosen in that Blu-ray mentions that, you know, at one point when he was a much younger filmmaker or wannabe filmmaker, Tim Burton did write him for an autograph. So, you know, Burton was aware of Harry Hosen uh, at that time. And he... Terry Housen does comment on how uh, in Mars Attacks, they one-upped the Washington Monument destruction by having it bounce back and forth before it finally falls and lands on some people. So I definitely saw that there. And then you mentioned Independence Day as well. And You know, Independence Day is one of the first films that I could remember that when they were showing a lot of the destruction, you were seeing landmarks from all around the world actually being destroyed. Oh, apparently you weren't paying attention in the early 80s when the evil Kryptonians took out Mount Rushmore in Superman 2. I was too busy waiting for Superman 3. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right, though. Uh, Independence Day, they really, I mean, they take out the White House. I mean, they take out a number of well-known buildings and institutions, and that's what they did in Earth versus the Flying Saucers. I mean, it's a good idea. I mean, you're going to demoralize the people by doing that. So it's a good idea in terms of, like, warfare, I suppose. And it's also maybe a shock factor to the audience of the time because 
I mean, you, you see a nondescript office building being destroyed or like ho-hum, but you see the Capitol building, which is the one of the main symbols of our government being destroyed. It's a lot bigger impact. Well, and it's very well known. Like, if aliens showed up and destroyed your house right now, Scott, your neighbors would be affected. I'd be pretty sad. But people listening to Monster Kid Radio who have never seen your house wouldn't know it's your house. True. Not saying that I want your house to be destroyed by Martians. I'm just saying as an example. But if the aliens came down and destroyed Cinderella's castle in Walt Disney World, a lot of people are going to be upset about that. That's true. It's, it's immediately recognizable. It's got a lot of emotional weight and connection. So word to the, to the aliens out there, pick your targets well. Don't take out Scott's house. <laughs> yes. Take out Disney World. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. <laughs> take out Universal. Oh. <laughs> So this is not a universal movie, but I felt like it could have been. It felt like a universal sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah. I had, had a little bit of that to it. Who was the production company for this? So, uh, yeah, it was released or distributed by Columbia. And it looks like Sony was involved a little bit at one point as well uh, in more recent years. But Columbia was the original theatrical distribution on this. But, yeah, it definitely felt like to me that if they wanted to, they could have traded Hugh Marlowe out for John Agar. Would have been a slightly different kind of role or performance, but, I mean, it had that kind of rugged scientist who's going to figure it out kind of hero. He's definitely in that in that mold as well. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Has this movie ever been covered on MST3K? No, it has not. I can't imagine it would have been just because it's Harryhausen. I don't think Harryhausen's ever been a, been a, a feature on MST3K, has he? Nothing's coming to mind, but I'm sure if he has, there, there'll be a, a listener out there that'll let you know. Sure. And nothing is jumping immediately to mind. But uh, this film, no, was was definitely not. I don't see this one being a good candidate for MST3K because there's not, I mean, this is actually a very decent movie as opposed to a lot of the movies that are on there. <laughs> and, hey and, now, hey now, they covered Revenge of the Creature. Now, come on. <laughs> yeah, Revenge, not hey, the first film. <laughs> dude, no, Revenge is good. John Agard, damn it. Hey, it the film debut of Clint Eastwood. Come on. Yeah? <laughs> and? And? Anyway, you're fired. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I just remember it from MST3K and the fact that they made reference to Clint Eastwood. I can't imagine Joel and the gang or Mike and the gang making fun of the White House getting blown up. No. I don't think that would fly. And there's not really enough places in the film that pauses and there isn't, you know, for them to insert stuff into it. But I do think they would have fun with the whole beginning of the film with uh, Russell and Carol and their driving back after getting married. I think they could have fun with that part of the film. <laughs> I had fun with that part of the film. I was like, yeah, scientists are going to get all scientifically sexy with us here in a second. I'm like, oh, I liked it. what kind of master scientist are they going to create? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, it was fun. I'm glad you picked it, man. Like I said, it's been a while since I've watched this one. I think I've watched it all of one or two times, and that's about it. And I didn't even own it yet. I had to pick it up on Blu-ray from Netflix. So, so is this one that you should add to your collection? Quoting oh, yes, another famous podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I think this is one, especially with the Blu-ray that you have now that's available now, I think it definitely is one because it's got some good material on it. It's got some good... Uh, insight from Legend Films and their colorization process, which I found fascinating. But then talking to Harryhausen as well and talking about 
and what this movie means to him and that sort of thing. I didn't get, the, as you mentioned earlier, the vibe that he didn't like the movie. Oh, there's a Ray Harryhausen collection that has uh, several films on Blu-ray as a set. 20 Million Miles to Earth, Earth versus the Flying Saucers, It Came from Beneath the Sea, and Seven Voyages of Sinbad. I think I need to buy that <laughs> next month after a paycheck or two. That looks really cool. Yeah, the Blu-ray by itself sells for about 20 bucks, if that. So if you just want to get this movie, you can do it. It's easy to get your hands on it. Like I said, the color version, I think, really worked. And it's region-free. The Blu-ray is region-free, so you can play it anywhere. Except for a DVD player. Well, thank you, Scott. <laughs> and this is why I wanted you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why I wanted Scott, because he's oh so helpful. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I can be of assistance. So you said you watched this a lot growing up. How did this inform your movie taste? Is this something that you saw this and you're like, I want to see more movies like this? Or like, where did this come to you in terms of your development as a star kid or genre fan? Oh, I definitely wanted me uh, wanted influenced me to want to see other films of this style, and, and especially the sci-fi films. By the time I had seen this, I had already seen movies like Star Wars, and so I was always, you know, that that movie was probably the one that really kicked me over into want, wanting to watch sci-fi films. And growing up and seeing movies like this on Saturday and Sunday afternoon on TV was also an influence in wanting to see these films. I have an interesting connection with this. At the very beginning of the film, there's the voiceover talking about the, the different people seeing flying saucers and everything. And they talk about Strategic Air Command in Dayton, Ohio. Now, I grew up about two, two and a half hour drive from Dayton, Ohio. But I had been over there many times because another interest of mine has always been military aircraft. Always been a big fan of that. And I had been over to Dayton, Ohio, to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where is the Air Force Museum. Plus, every summer, they have the second largest air show in the country is there every year. And I used to go over there quite a bit. And growing up, I'd always heard, you know, you, you always heard of Area 51. And the rumors was that it whoa, was always... Whoa, whoa. We can't talk about that here. <laughs> the rumors was it was at some Air Force Base out west. But there was some rumors that I always heard that actually that was false, and it was at Wright-Patterson Air Force in Dayton, Ohio. And having heard that, and then the Strategic Air Command in Dayton, Ohio, in this film, just always like there was that connection back to Area 51 and flying saucers and everything to me. I had heard Wright-Patterson in conjunction with stories revolving around the aliens at Roswell and Area 51 and all that. Huh. It just always jumped out at me from the very first time I saw that because I had been over to, to Dayton to the Air Force Base several times. And then you hear actual Dayton, Ohio show up in this film. It's like, you know, as, as a growing up little boy, maybe there is some truth to that there's some aliens over there. <laughs> because if you saw it in a movie. That's right. <laughs> it must be real. <laughs> So the movie was directed by Fred F. Sears, who is a director I think we're probably going to revisit here on Monster Kid Radio in the future because he did movies like The Werewolf uh, the same year, 1956. I definitely want to talk about that in the future. It's a Sam Katzman production. He also did a movie called The Giant Claw, which I've never seen, but I've always wanted to. Are you familiar with any of these movies from his uh, filmography? Like um, the Night no. the World Exploded, things like that? Now, I have seen The Night the World Exploded, but it's been a long time since I saw that. Do you, know, you remember anything about it? Very, very little. 
definitely one that I want to check out. It's on my Amazon wish list, that one. Uh, but the werewolves I've seen, and that one's good. So, yeah, we'll definitely revisit Fred F. Sears in the future here on the show. And we'll we'll have Scott back for future movies, more than likely. You know, if the aliens don't blow up his house or Disney World. <laughs> Both of which would really hurt me a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know in which order, but... <laughs> I guess it would. A lot of it would depend on where I was at the time. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So again, where do people find you online, brother? They can find me uh, if they want to check out Disney, uh, Disney Indiana podcast. Uh, that can be found at uh, disneyindiana.com. Uh, we put out a show uh, every other Sunday, and we've been doing that for almost five years. Uh, you Woo-hoo! can all. You can also find me um, at 1951downplace.com, where um, I co-host the Hammer podcast with Casey and this guy named Derek. Pretty good show. Even We, ha- we have to carry Derek, but it, it does pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the ironic thing is, Derek and Casey, longtime Hammer fans, brought me in because I had not seen too many Hammer films and they wanted kind of a we want to make sure we're not going to be total fanboys so <laughs> so that's at uh, 1951downplace.com so I, I you know you mentioned we brought you into 1951downplace it's kind of like the newbie the person who doesn't have a lot of hammer film experience we've been doing the show for well as of this recording almost a year and a half right mm-hmm. and I don't think Scott's technically a newbie anymore, but he still brings a great perspective to these movies that Casey and I don't have because Casey grew up watching these movies and and I got hammered (laughs) at a younger age than Scott. But uh, what I like about it is that that different perspective that Scott brings. And Scott actually just picked up a franchise of films. And I don't want to say what they are and I don't want to set anything in stone yet, but I do want to say – that in the near future at Monster Kid Radio, or maybe long future depending on scheduling, at some point we may do a little special series in which Scott and I talk about a series of films that he's loved for a long time that I have unfortunately never seen. So we'll get to turn the tables. Mm-hmm. Let, let the speculation <laughs> begin as to what that series might be, what that Monster Kid friendly series might uh, end up being. So, and And just to throw this out there, revolving around that there is somebody else that i'm fairly close to that would like to sit in on that as well oh fantastic (laughs) probably should have talked about all this before we started recording but you know whatever (laughs) i thought i'd bust you know surprise scott and that's perfect that'd be great so So, so, maybe somebody that's in Derek's boat that had not seen the films either so so yeah it's i'm really excited about doing that at some point maybe sometime later this year so yeah it's gonna be great to talk about twilight on this on monster kid radio because scott is a huge fan that's i am a twihard yes he is (laughs) yeah team edward or team never mind i can't keep this going (laughs) team van helsing (laughs) (laughs) hey thanks again for joining me scott thanks for having me on All right, gang, so I'm sitting here in the Joy Cinema and Pub here in Tigard. I mentioned at the top of the show that I'm here for Weird Wednesday, and uh, I, I got a handful of people here that I'm friends with that are here at the show, as well as a bunch of other people that I don't know. But you know what? We're all one watching EGA. It's a love story, as the guy to my right keeps telling me. His name's Tom. I work with him. I might actually get him to say something here on the show here in a second. Is this, you know, I'm just going to do it right. I'm going to shove the microphone in his face. This is the, the first time you come to Weird Wednesday? This is my first time here. And you've never seen EGA? I have never seen Ega. Are you just going to keep repeating what I say? <laughs> I may, I may. I hear it's a love story. 
Are you into these kinds of movies? I am, yeah. Not as, not as much as you are, but I do enjoy <laughs> them uh, when, when I get the chance to see them, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask you after the movie what you thought. I look forward to it, and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's got Richard Keel. Are you familiar with who Richard Keel is? I am not, but is, does he play Iga? <laughs> he does, but he also played Jaws in a couple of the James Bond movies. Really? Now I am familiar with him. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, all right, man, I, I will check in with you. After the movie's done, I will check in with you. You know who's sitting in front of me as well, and I don't think he knows. I'm going to put the microphone in his face either, is a Ray, who has not appeared on the show yet, even though I have recorded with him already, uh, when we went to go see Creature from the Black Lagoon at the drive-in. He was at the first Monster Kid Radio crash event. Have you seen Iga Ray? No, I have not. And this is the first time at, your joy, at the Joy as well? Yes, definitely. What do you think of the theater, man? It's much better than the Clinton Street. <laughs> Without getting too graphic, yes, it's much better than the Clinton Street. <laughs> How many people would you say are in here? You know, honestly, I would say a good solid 50. At least so far. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, ticket price is awesome because it's free. Free is always a good price. Yeah, definitely. We got concessions, we got beer, we got popcorn, pizza, nachos. If you guys are ever in the area, you got to come down to the Joy Cinema for Weird Wednesday. Next week is Whatever Happened to Count Dracula. And I was talking to Jeff, the guy who runs the Joy, and it's not been published up yet in any kind of flyers or whatever, but he's bringing in... Carnival of Souls. Have you seen this movie? Either one of you guys. Have you seen Carnival of Souls? I have not. Heard of that one, but I haven't seen it, no. Dude, it is moody and atmospheric. It's creepy. It's awesome. So if he brings that in, man, you know, I'm definitely going to do a Monster Kid Radio Crashes Carnival of Souls at the Joy Cinema. I'll check in with Ray again at the end of the movie as well to see what he thought of Ega. I can't wait, man. All right, so I stepped out from EGA to come out here to talk to Jeff at Joy Cinema. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm great, thank you, Derek. Weird Wednesday, man. This is awesome. I'm having a blast. I, I got to get back in to see EGA, but before I do that, I wanted to play the Classic Five with you. You ready? Absolutely, I'm ready. All right, so we got five random questions. I've got a stack of questions here. I just got five. Uh, I have to do with classic monster movies. Question number one, King Kong or Godzilla? Absolutely King Kong, all the way. Favorite actor to play Dracula? Uh, Bela Lugosi. The Gill Man or the She Creature? <laughs> that's a great question, but the Gill Man. I'm right. a classicist. Uh, okay, nothing wrong with that. That's how I would do it. So, Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing? Oh, man. Uh, I got to go with Christopher Lee. He's the first actor whose name I ever knew in my life. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, and then the final question Klaatu or Gort? <laughs> Klaatu, probably. Excellent. So, tell me a little bit about the Joy Cinema, real quick. Uh, let me see. The Joy Cinema is the uh, it's, it's uh, the result of a lifelong dream. Of uh, my first job I ever wanted to have in my life was to be a projectionist in a movie theater. So uh, this is where it ended up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had our one year anniversary with you, right? Absolutely, yeah. Just just a week ago, yeah. Where we had Plan Nine, which was awesome. Plan Nine in three D. Somebody somebody has seen fit to uh, to convert Plan Nine into three D, which I think was a brilliant move, and and it, it, the movie is deserving of this. So. <laughs> So we're here for Weird Wednesday, but you do a lot of mainstream stuff and all that. What, what are some of these that are coming up? We have well, it, I mean, we'll have we have all the hits usually, you know, because you got to you got to get folks in there. I like them too. I like I like movies like that. I, I like a little bit of everything. We have uh, Epic coming up this weekend. We'll have uh, well, we'll have Man of Steel when that comes available. We'll have uh, whatever's a hit right now in first run theaters. We'll have eventually. So, and ticket prices are pretty cheap. Yeah, uh, four dollars regular prices. We have to charge an extra dollar for 3D, so 3D movies are five. But we have our Dollar Monday, too. So, 
Awesome. I love Weird Wednesday. I love coming out here, man. Thank you so much for bringing these movies in. Derek, thank you for coming out, man. Thank you for talking about it. It's very nice of you. Ask you, Tom, what did you think? I thought it was tragic. <laughs> she was torn between Ega and Tommy's musical career. She knew that people wouldn't accept her and Ega, and they couldn't be together. <laughs> you gonna be okay? I don't know. That hit me pretty hard. It was very tragic. Very good. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> what do you think, Ray? Ah, uh, it was yeah. wow! See, wow! Wow! Yeah, it was. It was amazing. <laughs> it was unbelievable. The first mixed race couple movie. <laughs> it was tragic. It was tragic. I was waiting for Jaws to come out and just put the the implants back in and yeah. you know wear the suit. But it just didn't happen. I want Arch Hall Jr.'s hair. That hair was amazing. The, the lead actor, that haircut, man, that was that was killer. I want his ability to carry backing vocals in my jalopy. <laughs> I just wanted the jalopy. Yeah, yeah, I would say the jalopy was cool, <laughs> and his transistor radio that was that was amazing. And what what did he call him? He said so long, um, hot pocket. No, <laughs> see you later, high pockets. High pockets. Yeah, exactly. I that can't believe his musical classic. career didn't take off. Anytime he strummed the guitar, he's got a full backing band. He's that good. And they had a backing band for the backing band, which was, <laughs> was also amazing. we got to have backup in case, you know, a giant shows up to crash the set, you know. Exactly, exactly. All right, so you guys going to come back to another weird Wednesday down the line? Uh, we'll definitely oh, yeah. be here. Definitely. Definitely, if not for the quality of the, of the film, just for, just for seeing how many people actually show up. Well, thanks for, uh, for letting me uh, put you on the show this week, guys. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. It's our pleasure. Well, that's it for episode 12 of Monster Kid Radio. I want to thank you guys and gals for listening to this week's episode where we talked about Earth versus the Flying Saucers. A big thanks to Scott Morris for joining the show to talk about these movies. Also, big thanks to Ray and Tom for agreeing to appear on the show this week during the Monster Kid Crashes EGA at the Joy Cinema event. Also, big thanks to Jeff at the Joy Cinema for appearing on the show. You guys really need to check out the Joy Cinema if you're in the Tigard area. You're probably getting tired of me saying it, but really, if you're out here in the Portland, in the Tigard area, you will have a tough time finding a more fun theater to see some of these weird and classic movies in. Next week here on Monster Kid Radio, our Ray Harryhausen tribute continues. It will be the final week of our three-week tribute series. This was completely unplanned. As I mentioned in a previous episode, we did not plan to do a Harryhausen tribute series like this. We just happened to record three episodes about Ray Harryhausen films. So next week, we've got author Edward J. Russell to talk about another Ray Harryhausen film, one of his favorites. Then in future weeks, we have episodes covering movies like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Tarantula. And who knows what else? I actually 
am looking forward to getting some more content put together for the show. And you can help us program those episodes by joining our Facebook group. Over there on our Facebook group, we've got a poll set up where I'm asking people to select some of their favorite classic movies that don't get as much attention as they think they should. Now, I've chosen uh, one of the movies that I mentioned in episode one of Monster Kid Radio, Black Scorpion, one of my top three favorite classic films. I also mentioned the movie The Magnetic Monster, starring Richard Carlson. Other movies have appeared on the list, movies like Son of Kong, and uh, I'm not in front of my computer, so I couldn't tell you what exactly is on there. But if you go over to our Facebook group, you can join the group and get involved in the poll. And depending on which movies get some of the highest numbers, maybe we can talk about those here on a future episode of the show. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0 unported license. See you next week. Thank you.